Alright sisters, it is good to be here tonight. Uh, I've been gone for a while, just some things have been going on. Uh, but it's amazing how much better I feel the moment I walk in these doors. Uh, I'm going to tell you, on the way here, I uh, really wasn't feeling it. Uh, I was having a lot of anxiety, I was under a lot of attack. I'm just like rushing to get here, not be late. I didn't have any time to just kind of stop and be with the Lord. Uh, and on the way over here, I'm driving over here, and I'm, I'm turning a corner where you, by Mountain View and Fifth, coming this direction. I just said, man, God, I don't, I don't know what, I, I'm really weak right now. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm prepared enough. I don't feel these things. And my wife says, man, you know, God works miracles in weakness. And praise God, He does, man. I'm telling you, I was feeling like I couldn't stand here. And then as I come in, and I'm just... I'm just proclaiming to God, like, man, I am weak apart from you. I have no power except you, uh, Father God. And He promptly reminds me. He tells me, He says, Mike, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And you know where the Spirit of the Lord dwells? Man, right inside every one of us. The Spirit of the Lord dwells inside of us. And if where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, you have freedom. Praise God. Praise God and thank you, Lord, for uh, showing me my weakness and, uh, and speaking tonight. Uh, so I just want to open us up in some prayer here. Uh, Father God, we just come before you, Lord. Uh, we just acknowledge you in this place, Father God. Uh, Lord, as I say and I always say and I will continue to say, uh, where two or more are gathered in your name, there you are. So Jesus is present. Uh, the Holy Spirit is present. Uh, so, Father God, I pray that you just come and recline at table with us here, Lord. I, I pray that you just reveal yourself to us in a new way tonight, Father God. I, I pray that the Spirit rules and reigns in this place tonight, Father God. Uh, I pray that we leave this place changed, God. Uh, I pray that the word that is spoken tonight falls on fertile soil in our hearts, Father God. Lord, that you would water them and spring them up, Father God. Uh, we acknowledge you, we praise you, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Uh, so for most of the night, I'm going to be in John 14. It's a small, it's not a big scripture. I'm actually going to be all over the place because when you get to talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, the New Testament, Old Testament, the Spirit is everywhere. So it's really hard to just stay in one specific area. Uh, but a lot of what I'm going to start in is in John 14. Uh, we're going to cover two things tonight. Um, we're going to cover two things. We're going to cover the Spirit is our advocate. And we're going to cover the Spirit is truth. Right? And we're going to break those down a little bit. I'm going to get into that. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to let the Spirit lead in this. I kind of segue a lot. But whatever the Spirit wants to do, we don't want to quench the Spirit. We want to roll with the Spirit. Right? Because yeah. He's our leader. He's the one that leads us. Uh, Jesus died, He ascended, He blessed us with the Holy Spirit who now leads us and guides us, gives us discernment and direction, uh, speaks on our behalf to the Father uh, with groanings that we cannot understand. So praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. <clears throat> so we're going to be in John 14. Uh, first we're going to be in John 14, 16 through 17, just a couple verses. Uh, this is after Jesus announced to, to His disciples that He would be leaving soon. Uh, he gave them this statement in John 14, 16. He gave them this statement of great encouragement. And He says this, and He says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor 
to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. Now, I don't usually do this, uh, get into Greek words and, and things like this, but I thought it was important in this instant. Uh, the Greek word translated comforter and counselor is parakletos. So that's the Greek word for comforter or counselor. I believe that this form of the word is uh, unquestionably passive. So what we're going to look at this word, this word properly means, the parakletos properly means one called to the side of another. Uh, now we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. The word carries a secondary notion concerning the purpose of the calling alongside. To counsel or support the one who needs it. Now this is what the Holy Spirit does in all of our time. He comes alongside of us, the ones that need Him, right? And we are all in need of the Spirit. Believe that. Praise Jesus. Uh, the counselor of Paraclete is God the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity who has been called to our side. He is a personal being and He indwells in every believer. Remember what I was just saying? Man, if you're going through some stuff, like I got all this stuff going on that's giving me anxiety, that's stressing me out, that I don't know how to push forward through, I'm kind of stuck. Man, we got to learn to just give that over and lay that at the foot of the cross because just like I said, man, if we're the Spirit of the Lord, there's freedom and He dwells in you. Man, you have been freed from that. And Jesus says, give those things to me. Praise Jesus. During Jesus' earthly ministry, He guided, He guarded, and He taught His disciples. But now, in John 14-16, through 16, He is preparing to leave them. He promised that the Spirit of God would come to His disciples and dwell in them, taking the place of their Master's physical presence, taking the place of Jesus' physical presence. So he's telling them that somebody is going to come and I am going to go. Jesus called the Spirit another comforter, another of the same kind. The Spirit of God is no different from the Son of God in essence, for both are God. <clears throat> During the Old Testament age, the Spirit of God would come on people and then He would leave them. God's Spirit departed from King Saul. We read this in 1 Samuel 16, 14. It says, Now the Spirit of the Lord departed Saul and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. 1 Samuel 18, 12 says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. David, when confessing his sin, asked that the Spirit not be taken from him. This is in Psalms 51.11. It says, Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Now this is good news right here. Because when the Spirit was given at Pentecost, He came to God's people to remain with us forever. We may grieve the Holy Spirit, but He will never leave us. Jesus said in Matthew 28.20, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Praise God. 
He is always with us. He will never leave us. Even as we disobey and we fall short and we sin, God doesn't take the Spirit from us. He remains. He guides us, comforts us, leads us. Even when we don't obey the Spirit. How often are we in situations where we're like, man, I know what I should do, but I don't think I'm going to do it. Right? Even to the unbeliever, that discernment is given to. Knowing of the right and wrong. Jesus says it rains on the just and the unjust. How is He with us when He is in heaven? Seated at the right hand of the Father. He is with us by His Spirit. The Helper. As I just said, that Greek word, the parakletos. I might be mispronouncing that, but pretty sure that's how you say it. To have the Holy Spirit as our paraclete is to have God Himself indwelling us as believers. The Spirit teaches us the Word and guides us. He guides us into truth. He reminds us of what Jesus has taught us so that we can depend on His Word in the difficult times of life. The Spirit works in us to give us His peace. John 14.27 says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. He gives us His love. In John 15.9-10, He says, As the Father has loved Me, so I have loved you. Abide in My love. If you keep My commandments, you will abide in My love, just as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. And He has given us His joy. John 15.11 says this, These things I have spoken to you, that My joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. He comforts our hearts. He comforts our minds in this troubled world. There's a lot going on. Man, and apart from Christ, we'll be defeated. Apart from the Spirit, we will have no direction. And God, has, Jesus, has given us this. The power of the indwelling paraclete, the Holy Spirit, gives us the ability to live by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the sinful flesh. That's what our, sin, that's what our flesh wants. Or we have a sinful flesh that enjoys sin, that gets satisfaction from sin for a small time, and then it's over. The Spirit satisfies. Jesus satisfies. And it never comes to an end. The Spirit then, excuse me, Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The Spirit can then produce His fruit in our lives. And we read this in Galatians 5.22-23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such thing, there is no law. Now I can tell you that when I was out there running and gunning and doing my thing, detestable things, none of these words described me. No love. I had no joy. I had no peace. I had no patience. I had no kindness, no goodness. I was faithful unto nothing. Gentleness, self-control, none of these things were in my life. Until I accepted Jesus. Until I realized just how much of a need of a Savior I was. And how much I needed to be saved. And you know how I knew that? Before digging into the Scriptures, something drew me there. Right? The Spirit of God drew me unto God. That's what God uses to draw us to Himself. Praise Jesus. To the glory of God the Father, what a blessing to have the Holy Spirit. In our lives as our paraclete, our helper, our counselor, our advocate, our comforter, our encourager. The list goes on and on. He is our advocate. He is there in times of need. You think of a lawyer, right? You get in all this trouble and what do you do? You go and some of us will hire an attorney. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, well, I didn't do it. My, my parents did it. But I knew I was guilty. Right? I knew I was guilty and yet my parents hire an attorney to somehow show me as not guilty is what, this, is what the lawyer's job was. But the Spirit knows that we're guilty. He pleads on our behalf to the judge, to God. There's no fooling the Spirit. Nothing surprises God. God sees all and God knows all and God is in all and He shows us. And our Spirit is our advocate. Another word that you hear as a lawyer or somebody that is beside you, like I said in the very beginning. Now I want to step more into detail on John 14, 16 through 17. We kind of went through the first half there. Um, and now we're going to go through the second half. And he says this, he says, And I will ask my Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. So we just learned that the Helper, the Counselor, the Parakletos, is referring to the Holy Spirit. Now as we look at the second part of that verse, Jesus says this, even the Spirit of truth. So if we start, it says, I will ask the Father and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him for He dwells with you and will be in you. What does that mean? What does that mean? The Spirit of truth. Hard as it may be to believers at times, the New Testament informs us that we who live after the ascension of Christ, that means Christ went to be with the Father to the right hand of God, the Father, us, are in a better position than disciples were even as they were walking with Jesus. It's saying... We today are in a better position than the disciples that actually walked and saw Jesus. Listen to what Peter says. 
Listen to what Peter says right here. For we did not follow cleverly diverse myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. This is Peter proclaiming this. For when He received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to Him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Uh, you should remember that's when Jesus baptized, came out of the water, saw the dove descending. This is the first time we see God the Holy Spirit and Jesus in the same place. You hear the audible. Everybody heard the, the voice of God, saw the Spirit descending, and saw Jesus coming out of the water. <clears throat> My beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice bore from heaven, for we were with Him on the holy mountain. And listen to this. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. He's talking about the gospel to which you will be, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in the dark place until the day draws and the morning star rises in your hearts. Peter right there is telling us that we have something far greater than even walking with Jesus. What? Are you kidding me? That's what this is. That's the importance of this right here. He's saying, you have this word? This is better than when we were walking with Christ. This is better for you. Praise God. How important should it be that we are in the word of God? Man, it satisfies. It's our food. Right? Mm. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Praise Jesus. Uh, praise Jesus. So why are we in a better position than the disciples? Well, this is because we live in the day when the Old Covenant promised that the Spirit would come and His fullness has been realized. At Pentecost, Christ poured out His Spirit on the church. The Spirit of truth who guides us into all the Lord reveals. Man, His will. Listen to this Old Testament. This is Joel 2, 28-32. This is just amazing. And then we're going to step into Acts when it comes, when it, when it comes to the prophecy comes too. This is Joel 2, 28-32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out My Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days I will pour out My Spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls... Uh, oh, went the wrong way. Everyone who calls uh, uh, on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape as the Lord has said. And among, among the survivors shall be those who the Lord calls. Now listen to this. This is Acts 2, 1-4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, he says he's going to pour out His Spirit. That's what he prophesies. Like, I'm going to pour out My Spirit on you. And it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues. And the Spirit gave them utterance. 
praise Jesus, we see prophecy being fulfilled over and over and over again in the scriptures. We are in a better position today than the disciples. Oh. Sorry about that. We're in a better position today than the disciples were when Jesus walked the earth as an implication of today's passage, of what we just read, right, in John 14. Speaking to his apostles who are about to go through this great trial. As Jesus is arrested, he's humiliated, he's executed. Our Savior encourages his followers with the news that he will be sending another Helper, like imagine this. This is Jesus they're walking with. Man, he said, He said, Follow me, and I'll make you the fishes of men. These disciples instantly followed Jesus because they knew he was the Messiah. And they're following, like, man, we're following the Messiah, we're following Jesus. And then Jesus starts to talk to him about him leaving. And they're like, What? Like you just got here. Man, and they're following the Messiah. Can you imagine how devastating this news would be? But he says, No, I'm sending you someone else. I'm sending you a helper. So it says, John 14, 16, the meaning of the term helper is multifaceted. But part of the sense is that the Holy Spirit comes as our advocate. That's what we just talked about, right? We have an advocate in the Holy Spirit. As one who will stand with us and for us. At least partly in view here is the Spirit's role to stand with us in persecution, to give us wisdom and strength to speak the truth even when our lives might be on the line. Man, I'm going to tell you, a few years back, quite a few years back, I was actually getting done, I guess the last felony that I had committed, um, I was just, I went through a treatment center and I was to go get sentenced, part of my sentencing was due to this treatment, completion of this treatment, and I remember I, I knew that the judge, right before he sentences you, he says, is there anything you would like to say, and I've heard that many times, uh, I've, I've been in front of that judge and I've heard judges say that to me many times. And I'm always like, no, I don't have anything to say. Just sentence me. I, I don't have anything to say. I just want to do my time. But I knew this time was going to be different. I knew this time that Jesus had given me an opportunity to testify about His goodness and His glory and His freedom that He gave me. So, I'm so I call a few people to speak on my behalf. I called my pastor and uh, the guy that... Um, uh, what do you call them, the intake coordinator at the treatment center I was in, and they came and spoke on my behalf. And when the judge asked me if there was something that I wanted to say, I was nervous. I'm about to stand up in front of this judge. I'm a four-time felon. Uh, they usually just, I have nothing to say, and I'm going to stand up. you got a box of everybody that's in yellows right here. And I got up, and I remember I just asked the Spirit, Holy Spirit, speak. In, in the microphone, the judge heard me say it. Everybody heard me say it. I'm like, Holy Spirit, speak. I prayed before and all that came out of that, I didn't get a lesser sentence. I, you know, he didn't give me, oh, you know, you're free to go. None of that stuff happened. I still had to do ankle monitor. I still had to do some time. But what did happen was that judge told me after I got done ministering and, and testifying of God's goodness in this treatment center, he said, Mike, I've never heard of that treatment center you went to, but because of this testimony, if anybody ever comes in front of me and asks me about that program, I will automatically let them go. Praise God, right? Praise God. Man. 
Listen to what Jesus says, speaking the truth, even when your life may be on the line. Listen to what Jesus says here in Matthew 10, 16 through 22. He says this, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will, devi- they will deliver you to the courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. That's what I'm talking about right there. Don't be nervous. It will be given to you in that hour. This is Jesus saying this. For it is not you who speaks, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will be dealt Brother will be delivered to brother over to death. And the father, his child, the children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you shall be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus ties a new covenant experience of the Holy Spirit to our love for Him that manifests itself in obedience to His commands. John 14, 15 says this, right? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 18, 24 says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Isaac, said to him, Lord, how is this that you... Excuse me. How is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. It is not that by our love We are in the gift of the Spirit. Only that loving Christ is more than just words. The Holy Spirit, because God first loved us, puts love for Jesus in our hearts and makes us willing to follow His ways. It's a transformation, right? 1 John 4.19 says we love because He first loved us. In turn, as we exercise this love that we're talking about, we love because God first loved us. We enjoy a fuller experience of the Spirit's grace and power. The fuller experience includes a deeper knowledge of the Lord's truth. In John 14, 26, Jesus says the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and remind us of all He has taught. In context, 
Since the first hearers of these words were the apostles, Christ is probably referring primarily to the inspiration of these apostles to write sacred scriptures. Secondary, he is speaking of the Spirit's ministry to illuminate the word so that we might understand it. Recall it when needed and put it into practice. The ministry of the Spirit is not to reveal new things outside of Scripture, but to teach us all that our Savior has taught. Learning to hear the Spirit is a lifelong task of reading His Word and developing our ability by His Word to discern truth from error. Remember we said the Spirit is truth. There's nothing true outside of Christ. He is the truth we stand on. He is the unshakable rock. He ascended to heaven. And the Spirit comes and dwells among us. And He dwells in us. We can be confident that the Spirit will help us do this as we approach the Scriptures with humility. What's that mean? I know at one point in my life, People would be preaching scripture, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I get it. No humility there. Man, I don't get it, but I want to get it. I don't understand it, but I would love to understand it. Man, and that's what it's saying the Spirit does. It says, does any of us lack wisdom? Let him ask to the Father who gives generously. In the context of Christ's church, the body, the bride, we are Christ's church. The church is not four walls. The church is the people. We are the bride of Christ. His beautiful bride of Christ. That's who we are. Praise Jesus. Man, imagine how Jesus sees you. He's like, man, that's my bride. That's my beautiful bride. That's how Jesus sees you. That's how Jesus sees all. That's how Jesus sees me. Yeah, I'm a bride of Christ. I'm proud of the church. It sounds weird, but I am a bride of Christ. Praise Jesus. Man. And ask Him to open up our minds and our hearts. So, I'm just really thankful to be here. Uh, Man, we pray for you. Uh, we were over here the other night, my wife and I, we were just driving around, um, and we just parked in the back parking lot, and, and we were just praying for all my sisters in here. Uh, man, we were praying that God would reveal Himself to you, because He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is calling every one of you unto Himself, to love you, to walk with you, to make Himself known to you. He did the same thing to me, man. A lot of us are struggling and going through some hard times and we just don't get it. And Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. He will satisfy. He desires an intimate relationship with you. And praise God for the spirit that He's given us that will lead us and direct us and give us discernment and understanding when we don't understand. But we got to be willing to do that, right? we got to be willing to give up control that we want to control our lives and do these things. we got to know that God has our best interest in mind. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. So praise Jesus. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad I always get to come here. I always feel much better coming here. I love you guys. I just want to pray over you, Father God. I just 
Pray over my sisters this evening, Lord. Uh, Man, I pray that as they lay their head down, Lord, that you would give them rest. You say Jesus is our rest, uh, Father God. So I just pray blessing over them and protection over them, Father God. I pray that they would dig into the scriptures, God, that they would want to know who you are, Father God. And in that, that you would show them who they are, Father God. Uh, So, Lord, we just acknowledge you in this place. We love you, God. We praise you when we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.